The Sandman, Song of the Orpheus by Neil Gaiman, Brian Talbot, Mark Buckingham. Neil Gaiman, writer, Brian Talbot, penciler, Mark Buckingham, inker, Todd Klein, letterer, Daniel Wozzo, colorist, Alisa Kutme, assistant editor, Karen Berger, editor. The legend of Orpheus has been told in story, song, and poem over countless generations. It has been told as a tale of bravery, a lesson on the dangers of hubris, as a peon to youth and love too quickly to lost. It has been never been told like this before. Here, then, is the story of Sandman's only begotten son, Orpheus, the offspring of Endless. He floats along upon the dark wine sea. He looks around for his love, but she is not there. He calls her name, Eurydice, Eurydice. There is no reply, for reasons he does not understand. This distresses him mightily. He begins to cry. Salt tears run down his face, mingling the salt of the waves. It comes to him. He must be dreaming as he smiles. Father? Orpheus, you should wake up soon. It is, after all, your waiting day. I have a set. I have had a strange dream, father. I was floating on the sea, calling my wife's name. What does it mean? I am a hedge wizard. That I should interpret a dream for you. Dreams are composed of many things, my son, of images and hopes, of fears and memories, of the past and memories of the future. You're saying I'm dreaming the future, something that has not yet happened? Perhaps. I mean, son, why won't you tell me what you know? Because you're my son, now wake boy. I'll see you at your wedding. Orpheus, you were crying out in your sleep. Orpheus! I'm sorry, Aristos. Not to worry, lad. Remind me of my wedding day. I was terrified. Her name was Atone. She was lovely. You were married? I didn't know what happened to her. She died many years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a long time ago. People die. You get over it. It's a part of life. Yes, I suppose it is. You were married? I didn't know what happened to you. She died many years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a long time ago. People die. You get over it. It's a part of life. Yes, I suppose it is. Get dressed. You're getting married. 
It's been ages since I went to a wedding. Rost ox, eh? No, no living thing is to die at my wedding, Aristus. I do not hold sacrifice. It is good to sacrifice before you wait, but you will have wine. Of course, my friend, and dancing. That's good. It wouldn't be a proper wedding without wine and dancing, but there ought to be a sacrifice. She's a very beautiful woman. Yes, you are very lucky. I know. Orpheus, my son, I'm so proud of you. This is a wonderful day. I'm so pleased. Mother, thank you. I'm so happy. This is my friend, Aristeus. He's a farmer. Aristeus, this is my mother, Calliope. You're his mother? You don't look old enough. How sweet of you. Mother, will father be here? I wouldn't miss my son's wedding, Orpheus. Hello, father. And the girl, your wife, Chibi, where is she? I'm here, Oniros. I wouldn't be late on this day. I'm pleased to see you. And you too, my darling. Your eyes. My Eurydice, oh my love. You're such a sweet couple. Isn't she gorgeous? Aye, she is. She reminds me of my wife on our wedding day. Well, here we all are. Isn't this nice? I like weddings, especially family weddings. That makes it sort of special somehow, doesn't it, brother? I was not certain you would come, my sister. Oh, it's not just me, all of us. Darling, let me introduce you to my uncle Sanat, Aunt Teleoti. I wish you both well, Aunt Aponoya. I too wish you both well. My Aunt May. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I nearly got married, but that was long time ago. It never happened. Maybe that was my fault. I don't know. Shit happens. You're both okay. Good luck. My uh, aunt, uncle aunt, Epithumia, love, isn't it wonderful? I wish you well, my uncle Oletos. So you are marrying my beautiful favorite nephew, eh, Lassie? Go by you both, well, children. And my uncle Potmos, I greet you, realize, on the day of your wedding. Uncle, wouldn't you wish us well? I am Destiny. I am Potmos. I do not wish. I know what must happen will happen. That is the way of it. But the priest awaits you. Children, your wedding begins. We call upon Hyomenius, Lord of Marriage, to watch over these two people in their lives, which will henceforth be lived as one. Heart to heart, 
body to body until the sundering of death. You may embrace her, Orpheus. <laughs> hey, more wine! There's another skin of wine. Over here, Estes. Well, are you enjoying the wedding, my friend? Assuredly, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, you aren't dancing? I'm content to make music, Ertius. But you dance. Enjoy yourself. I will see nothing but happy faces on my wedding day. My other uncle announced, Duluthi, I wish they could also have stayed for the party. They had things to do, Orpheus. Also have things to do, my nephew. But you stayed. My wife, my love, my wife, isn't she not wonderful? Look at her dancing, she's alive. Yes, she is. Doesn't he play the lure very well? Has just, my husband is so clever. Later he will sing to us. Have you ever heard him sing? My lady Eurydice, there's something I got to tell you. Something very private. I got a problem. Can we go somewhere and talk? Won't take long interest. Honest. Of course we can talk. Aristus, I had to think of anyone being troubled on my wedding day. I will do what I can to help. But we cannot be long. Few moments and no more. Few moments and no more, lady. I meet you in the grove. Meet you in the grove around the back. And thank you. Thank you. Oh, come on, Andres. Just this once. Dance with me. But do not dance, not even with you, my wife. Not even on your son's wedding day? As I say, I do not dance. I'm sorry if I kept you waiting, Ursus. Now tell me, what's your problem? How can I help? There's something I want, and I can't have it, and I am going to take it anyway. That's my problem. I think you have drunk a little more than is good for you, Ursus. What do you need from me? You. I want you. You're joking, right? You're drunk. Please go, let go of my arm. I'm just you're hurting me, please. I want you. It's been so long since I had a woman. I want you. Hey! Please come back. I wasn't going to hurt you. Truly. I'm drunk. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Please. Ah, uh, you won't tell anyone, will you? And we are the same age to today. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence? It shows that we are meant for each other. Two hearts beating as one. Orpheus, yes, Antetola? Nothing. Orpheus, there's something wrong? Eurydice? 
I'm sorry, my friend. I meant nothing, but, but I meant no harm. Has something happened to Eustace? Has something happened to you, Rudeis? The smoke from her pyre drifts skywards in the windless summer air. It finds it easy to ignore. Some things are too big to be seen. Some emotions too huge to be felt. He concentrated instead on the correct fingering of the song of the gate. While playing each note exactly finally. The tune waves itself around him. Intricate and strange. Like a song from a dream. It occurs to him that he has never played so well. And he takes a distant pride in this. And when he is ready. When the music is part of him. He begins to sing. Constructing the gate with his voice and the notes of his lyre. Who is it? It's a boy child. Ask him what he wants. You ask him what he wants. I have come to see my father. Enter then, boy. Your father is here. Orpheus, we have heard of your loss. You have our sympathies also. I do not pity. I do not need your pity, hippogriff. It was freely given, boy. You should not scorn it. Don't pity me. She would have gone to her funeral to say goodbye. Why? I have not yet said goodbye to you, Urias. You should. You are mortal. It is a mortal way. You attend the funeral. You bid the dead farewell. You grieve. Then you continue with your life. And at times, the fact of her absence will hit you like a blow to the chest, and you will weep, but this will happen less, less, as time goes on. She is dead. You are alive, so live. <clears throat> she is alive in the underworld, so... So, will you help me to gain her back from the underworld, father? Will you go to Hades and core and... Plead my case? You are talking foolishness, my son. I will hear no more of it. But father, no more. Very well then. No more. I'm no longer your son. Orpheus, come back here now. No. Suicide, eh, laddie? Do you really think that's your wisest cause? Yes, I do. We cannot be together alive. We can be together in the underworld. Cold, pale, and immobile, but together. Together we all whisper in the shallow voice of the dead. Together we all wait in the darkness. And in the end, but together, we will drink the waters of Lethe that bring forgetfulness. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in century. <laughs> oh, Orpheus, you're a strange child. I think you are more in love with the idea of your dead love than you ever met the girl herself. Take that back. You'll take that back or I'll come down or I will throw you in the air and catch you as I did 
when your mare might smaller or letters you wouldn't dare ha 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 try me lad just try me now you have spoken to your father i take it yes he has no help who is the dark one your father he does care for you do he has a strange way of showing it i but that's his way he sets his ways Alatras, what can I do? She's gone. She's dead. I do not want to live without her. Hmm. Well, you're a romantic fool. But that's no surprise. You get that from your father. That is hardly my province. Have you talked to your aunt about this? Televete? Aye. What can she do for me? She can do whatever she wants to, boy. There will be conditions, but then there always are. I don't know how to see her. I mean, she just turns up when she wants to. Where do I find her? What do I do? Hmm. Well, you have a few alternatives. For example, you could die. You had see her then. Of course, you want. get much chance to talk but you will see her you could be born but you people never remember that particular conversation with her i don't know why not you just don't or you could go to her house she has a house she has lots of things although she seldom has much use for them You should say her floppy hat collection, but yes, she has a house. Will she be there? She is everywhere. She will be there. How do I get her? You ask your uncle Olethros to send you there, and you ask me very nicely. Ha 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 ha! Will you please? I. Intorme, intorme, boom! Through there, she will see me. Oh, I, she will see you. Sooner or later, she sees everyone. <laughs> If I had known I was going to have company, I would have tidied the place up. Hierophius, looking for something? Yes, uh, you, I think, well, like I said, the place isn't really in state for visitors. But you are here now, make yourself comfortable. Mm, are you okay? I do not know. I don't think this place is strange to my eyes. Yeah, well... This is how I like it, but if it makes things easier, I can glitz it up all up a bit. Get it closer to the kind of thing you had expect to see. Hold on a second. There, is that any better? Uh, perhaps, I do not know. So you made it here. I am impressed. What do you want? A wedding gift to replace the one you took from me. It was her 
Time to kill Orpheus. People die. It's okay. It happens. Go on with your own life. You have many things to do. Many songs to play and to sing. Not without her. Give her back to me, Teleute. I wish I could, Orpheus. She's not mine anymore. She's in the underworld. That's where your people go. She's in Hadeslurm. Then I will go there and I will make her bring her back. That isn't going to happen. You don't go to the underworld without dying first. Heroes and God visit the underworlds. Heracles change service. Listen, idiot. You can't go to the underworld and come back alive. Not if you're mortal. And Heracles was full of it. He just got dead drunk for a couple of weeks in Frisia and told everyone he had been in the to the land of the dead. Uncle Oretra said you could do it. He said you can do anything. He said there were rules, but that you could do it. Your uncle Oretus has a big mouth. You know that. You can do it then. Hmm. Did anyone ever tell you you are a lot like your father in some ways? Yeah, yeah, you could go to the underworld. You could even come back. All that has happened is that I agree never to take you. But there's a catch. Rules. I don't care about the rules. They are always rules. All I care about is your eyes. <laughs> Look me in the eye, or you hear first. Okay. And that's what you want. You got it. I I thank you, Teleute. Yeah. I hope it works out for you. But don't you know, I thought you could foretell the future. I don't need to know the future. And the future so far, then it's me. Okay. Show's over. Get out of here. Go home. But... Go to Tenerum in the south of Hellas. There is a gate that, there that will take you to the underworld. But go home, Orpheus. Go home. There are no songs sung nor tales told of Orpheus' journey to Tenerum. Or if they were, they are lost to us today. <coughs> hard time he had of it he traveled on foot on land through the wild country and the few sparse town of the older days from Thrace to Macedonia to Thessaly where the witches gnaw the flesh from men's faces for their spell and pull down the moon for their own purpose from there to Delphi where he spoke to Bithia Although the oracle she gave him is no longer recorded, and he received a gift. Passed through Thebes and through Corinth, he escaped the darkness where waited for him in the heart of Corinth, fleeing through Arcadia. Always he walked south with his lyre in his hand, depending on, his, on the charity and friendship of his fellows, and he was unusual in this. 
that he would not raise his fist to his fellows. And he carried no weapons. This is in a time when all men were warriors. It was cold winter and Orpheus came to Terum, the southernmost village in Europe. One league south of the village was a promontory. On this promontory was a deep cabin which found a noisome vapors rose and it was this cabin that was popularly supposed to be the gateway to the underworld. You're not dead. I have come to speak to your lord and lady. Will you take to them? Oh, so what have you brought for me? Sprig of mistletoe, a gift from the oracle at Delphi. A bow of gold, aye, it is a payment for the living, though it's rarely I have seen. From the dead, I would take a penny to ferry them across the stakes. Very well, enter. Is that yours? Yes. Will you play it for me? It has been long since I heard music, as you will. Freeman, is something wrong? Have I offended you? Don't stop. How will I cross the river when I return? If you return, then you will leave by another path, mortal man. Yes, beware the dog. King Hades and Queen Persephone. I greet you. Well, well, Orpheus, the balladeer, have you a song for us, then, little mortal man? Yes, yes, I do. I sing only two things, love and time. A journey to this world we love, to which you're born, and a mortal must. Descend in time. I came to plead with you, great king and great queen. I sing an honest song, and I will tell the truth, unvarnished and in my own. I came because my wife was killed before her days in dance. Above a duty and Dice disturbed the serpent and poured his poison deep to her precious vein. I was not strong enough to bear my grief. Love was too strong for me and dragged me down the power of love strong in lands above. And love is known here too, all the tales of passion I read so long ago. Have any truth or honesty to them? They say you too were born as one by love. I beg you by this silent realm to weave against this destiny of one who died too. 
for the living will be yours one day and all we hope and feel and touch and dream all we hold dear will be with us and be gone for at the end with pennies on our eyes we die and rot and then as the holy weed will blow our last our final home you see and we are stand still with wonder the vulture ceased not it is sleeper tantalus makes an effort to satisfy his hunger a thirst oh king oh queen my wife like all the rest will soon be yours i ask you for again a tiny boy i ask you for her life and only for shots and of this earth but if you cannot grant that then i wish not to return to land at sea sun and you have my life as well as her a nice offer but pointless though those not belong here mortal thou hast made the fury sweep orpheus this is a nerve give me my bride and i will leave this place thou hast made the fury sky orpheus they will never forgive me for that thou art disrupting my perfect ordered world orpheus so wait but there are conditions there are rules there are always rules none live the underworld by the way they came to it there is a path that lead upwards follow the path and do not deviate from it now leave go to back to the world above and your eyes shall be yours follow there as thy shadow but halt not speak not turn not to look behind thee till you both have left our kingdom and gained the upper hand but halt not speak not Turn not to look behind thee, till ye both have left your kingdom and gained the prayer of your native tears, and then and only then shall she be thine. Do not look back. With the trace of many hundreds of leagues away, no, all lands lie above the underworld. Now, so little man. Thank you, Lord Hades, Lady Persephone. He left that place, and the dark laughter of Hades followed him for many leagues. After some hours, lost echoes of the laughter died away, and Euripus walked in silence. He could hear his heart beating. He could hear his sandaled feet padding on the cold stone. He heard the blood. in his ear rushing like a dark torrent he heard nothing in obedience to hades command he kept his eyes fixed on the gloom ahead of him as the hours passed 
The conviction grew that he was alone, that there was no one behind him. He remembered Hades laughed as he walked in silence, and in the end, daylight, cold, distant daylight, ahead of him, alone. He knew he was alone. He was the butt of Hades' joke, and he, and he, and he looked back. Orpheus, my love, you rise. No, no. Orpheus, you scared them. You scared my friends. Orpheus, it's me. I know it's you, mother. You scared my friends. I am sorry. How are you? Fine. And you? Fine. Well, no. Uh, no, I'm not fine. Your father and I... Have you seen him recently? I have not seen him. Oh, he and I... Well, it's been difficult. We had an argument after you. After you went to the underworld. He told me of the talk that you two had before he left. He should have talked to the god of the underworld for you. They respect him. But sometimes I think they even fear him. But no. I walked out on him. I told him I will see him no longer. I think I have hurt his pride. So neither of us is speaking to him. He is not one to forget a slight. Nor to forgive. Do you still love him? I do not know. I don't know think so. Is that my fault? We've been coming for a long time. He cannot share anything, any part of himself. I thought I could change him, but he does not change. He will not. Perhaps he cannot. I do not wish to talk of him or to talk to you, my mother. You should leave the wilderness, Orpheus. Do you good to you among people? People hurt you. People leave. I stay here. Mother, when I return from the other place, do you know what I did? No, I tried to kill myself. I should have listened to Teliotia. She told me only two kinds of people go to hell. Those who are dead already and those like me. Orpheus, I came for a reason. So, I came to warn you. The balance day are coming. You must leave this place. Go somewhere else. I do not care about the balance day. They are dangerous, my son. The sisters of the frenzy. And they are coming here. I do not care about the balance day. Goodbye, Orpheus. Goodbye, mother. We are the blackie giants in our wish, drink wine with us, make love with us, draw flesh with us. Rejoice with us! I, woman Lysis, I'm sorry. I will not take part in your ritual. We are the Becky. Join us in our worship.
Make love with us. Draw flesh with us. Rejoice with us. I, women, ladies, I'm sorry. I will not take take part in your rituals. I will not make love with you. There is only one woman I have loved to whom I could have given my love. And she is gone. Live in peace, please. We are the beloved of Dionysus, man. You do not give me take. No. No. You dice. You dice. Father. Hello, Orpheus. You are unwise to seek favors of that which you have made your own heirs. It was your own life. I have come to say goodbye. It seemed the proper thing to do. I have visited certain priests on this island in their dreams. They will find you soon and care for you. I will not see you again. But father... Father, did you not say you were no longer my son? Please, Father, help me. Help me to die. Your life is your own, Orpheus. Your death, likewise, always and forever your own. Farewell. Shall not meet again. Father, come back. Please, Father. Orpheus watched as his father walked away, unable to turn his head. Even had he wanted to. His father walked away slowly, pace by pace, through the sand and foam. Orpheus watched through the tear-stung eyes until he was out of sight. His father even never even tried to look back. Sandman. Distant mirrors. I kneel, gaming. Brian Talbot, stand walk. The boy is sixty. He's not crying. He's no barbarian. No Greek to give in to his feelings, to his fears. He waits in his darkness, listening for a footfall or sound. He lies awake in the darkness. Not crying. From the memoirs of the dwarf Lysias. I'm old now. And I no longer fear anything. Life could hold for me. I fear nothing save that great inevitable. And my death is not far distance. I guess. Thus, the time has come in these memoirs for me to chronicle certain matters I know of, and I am the only one alive who knows them. The things I write, I witnessed directly, or I was told by our first emperor, who was a man, and now is gone.
speak of him who was born Cassius Octavius, who later took the name Cassius Julius Caesar. Octavius, Octavius, he who later still the whole of the world, Roman and the barbarian, was known as the Emperor Augustus. Jeff, what foolishness brings you here? Lady Livia, you are up early. I'm here on the Emperor's order. <laughs> yes, I was afraid of that. Well, you will find him through there. Dwarf, have you brought everything? Yes, sir. What is it? They call it the Scaldum Dutch, sir. And you actors learn this? No, sir. This is from Persia, sir. A merchant showed it to me. Some of the beggars mutilate themselves to live, but a few do this instead, sir. Please drop, not, sir. Not today. Today I will be chaos. Yes, chaos. This is soap, a mixture of bone, fat, and ashes. The woman use it to clean clothes at the river. First, we smear it on our faces and arms. It smells foul, dwarf. Licious. If you are chaos, then I am licious. And beggars have never been renowned for their frankness. My apologies, Licious. There. It should be dry by now. Then we sprinkle on a bit of this. Fuck! It smells like vinegar. It is vinegar. See? The slope soap blisters. And to any passers by, your skin appears burned and ulcerated. Remarkable! Quicker than boiled asparagus. Now, let us see what the market has in store for us. Well, are you ready, sir? Chaos, please remember that today we are beggars today. Together, friend Lysias. That's a lovely temple, Chaos. The temple of avenging Mars, indeed. How old are you, Lysias? Twenty-two, sir. Ah, uh, Cassius. Ah, uh, you would not remember Rome as it was when I was younger. I am almost seventy. The gods have given me long life. I paid for that temple, Lysias, as I built so much Rome, and others followed my example. I found it in bricks, and I have left it clad in finest marble. There's some food in my pouch, Cassius. If you are hungry, I have eaten dried dates, a few raisins, a glass of watered wine. That was satisfied me. Until this evening, I seldom at much eat much. Really? Gosh, 
I thought that were you had eat lurks tongue tongues and sog urges all that fancy stuff I would if I were emperor hit the vomitorium and back again for more. But you are not emperor, are you Lucius? And until the sun sets together tonight, neither am I. You never put down an empty begging bowl, Cassius. Put in a penny and others will follow it. And this is something else you actor learn, eh? Beggars lore, not actors, Cassius. Actors. I don't like actors. It's a profession based on lies and disrespect. Pretending to be what you are not. No, you haven't been good to actors, have you? You banned any of any man of noble birth from the state. I let you remain on the stage, Lucius. I'm the only one, and look at me. What else am I going to do? I see your point, Lucius. Today I need an actor. Today I too am an actor. Yes, well, let's hope you do better than Pilatus, eh? Pilatus was adult. He deserved his punishment. He only gave the audience the finger when they hissed him. You didn't have to banish him. I heard people be rude shit to you. You didn't bat an eyelid. I'm a man. I matter little. Pilatus was disrespectful to Rome. He was lucky I did not have him killed actors. Thank you, citizen. May the gods bless you and give you virtuous children. Yes, yes. Why are you doing this? Mm. Oh, I had a dream. I once had a dream that gold was buried beneath an olive tree on my father's estate, and I dug it out for a day, but found nothing. Ah, when the dream comes true, the gates of ivory licious, and they lie. Few dreams come through the gates of horn, and they speak. To us truly. Every spring I have terrible dreams, evil, dark dreams, but they are lies. They are not true dreams. But there are true dreams. My life was saved in Philippi by a dream. Once the Capitolian Jupiter himself appeared to me in a dream, and then and then there was the dream that sent me here. A dream it was. Once I dreamed that I, the G, divine Julius himself appeared to me on stage when I forgot my lines. We were appearing in a plotus manna chemus, playing the twins. <laughs> Can you believe that? No one could tell us apart. Julius Caesar, I wish I had known him. I knew him. Well, of course, you did. He was your father, adopted father. Lysias, he was my grandmother's brother. Her name was Julia. I first met him at her funeral. The boy is twelve. His grandmother's pyre burns fiercely in the summer heat. He reads the oration.
with pride, the pride in his lineage, pride in his lib liberty and republic. The boy misses his grandmother. He does not cry. The man arrives late. The boy has never seen him before, but there is no mistaking him. His uncle, his hero, his god, his eyes. That's what I remember. The first time, his eyes. Family, it must be nice to have a proper family. Mine are sort of embarrassed by me. They're okay in their way. Family, the family is the foundation stone on which the empire is built. I don't have any children or a wife. Probably never will. I don't have children. I have running souls. A daughter who shamed me. My grandmother, Julia. Her legs must have gapped for half of Rome. Man and woman. Thank you, lady. May the gods send you many children. Running souls. Aren't you going to give him a coin, Marcus? Why, if it's a god will that he cannot work, then let the god feed him and give him coins. He'd piss himself if he knew who you really were. Undoubtedly, but he had a point. We cannot defy the gods. Hmm. I have three duties, Lucius. I am head of the state, I am head of the army, and I am the chief priest. I sometimes doubt the gods exist. I have never seen one, except during my Lucianian initiation. I thought I heard voices. When we are initiated into the mysteries of Eleusis, we see and hear many things, strange things. No, the gods exist. I have never seen them. And there are others who stand behind the gods. Those whom even Jupiter must own his superiors. Eh? Who could be greater than Jupiter and the greatest and most powerful? Hmm. Firstly, Terminus, the god of boundaries. Jupiter must bow to him. Boundaries are the most important of things, Licious. And secondly, but I do not know who are they. The whispered of in the inner mysteries. The seven who are not prayed to, who are not God, who are never men. The divine Julius is now a God. I wonder what it's like being a God. I will be a God when I die, Lucius. Already they begin to weave stories about me, passaging my divinity. They say that my mother, Athea, fell asleep at the table of Apollo, and a snake made its way into her womb and fertilized her. And is it true? Of course not. My mother was interred by nothing. Most remarkably, that then my father's Venice. When I was a boy, I prayed to Mercury, to the physician, to make me taller. But I think my prayers were heard by Apollo, who gave me a powerful voice and a good memory and sent me to the stage. It will be a good to be dead, to be a god. 
What do you think it will be like? All my mistakes will be forgotten. All my crimes will be forgiven. Do you know how many men I have personally killed? How many deaths I have offered? No, neither do I. I last count many, many years ago. Um, I've done many evil things, but they were all to preserve Rome. And I will be a god. What's the difference between that and what you have got now? I mean, you have got the power of life, death, or what? A hundred million people? Your rule extends from the stormy coast of Gaul to the stinking desert of Judea. Everybody loves you. Maybe, well, maybe not everybody, but you are heaps better than chaos. You give the army bounty, you give the people cheap corn, you give the whole empire blessed peace. You are practically God already. When I am a God, I will no longer be scared. The old man wakes up at night sweating and cold. He listens to the silence for one sec moment. After that, he has fallen back in time as once more a quivering boy in the darkness he feels that the whole of his life since that black night has been nothing more than a fever dream shouts for a storyteller there is always a storyteller waiting in the anteroom the old man sleeps alone but solitude scarcely. The gaudy tales of brassmen and dragon's teeth comfort him, and a child again he sleeps. Where are they all? They have gone indoors. It's midday. Only mad dogs, pretends, and beggars stay out, of, out in this heat. How much have we made so far? Four copper asses, a brass dupont dios rather badly kept and sister Nicias may probably mainly counterfeit. It's a good thing that we aren't doing it for the money then. Why are we doing it later? As I said the first time I met him as was at grandfather's grandmother's funeral. I saw him next when I was sixteen. He was campaigning in Spain. He sent for me. I was so excited. And the night journey must have been a nightmare. But at the time it was an adventure. A boy's story. I was still convalescing from illness. It was a chapter of disaster. First we were shipwrecked. Then I was forced hey, to fight. Jody Bolton. First we were shipwrecked, then I was forced to fight my way across country, hailed by the enemy just to be with him. He was my uncle, you see. He was the greatest man in the world. He was my hero and he was Caesar. I spent some time with him in Spain. He has to have taken me on the next this this next 
expedition. He planned to have me always by his side, or by his arms. I went on to Apollonia to wait for him, and it was there that I heard he had been assassinated and had named as his hire. I was 18. I left that day for Rome to avenge him. You must have loved him very much. <laughs> no, I hated him. What was it like, Lucius, in the days of the Republic? It was chaos, held at bay by a handful of men. Cicero, for example. The lawyer? My father told me about him. He was, an, he was a great man, wasn't he? Yes, a fine man, an honorable man. The last of the giants. Cicero, what happened to him? I had him killed. Oh, I'm not a vain man, Lysias. I never said you were. The name I have taken, Augustus, it was not taken from vanity, but from pity, trusting that my rhyme would augur well for Rome. You named this month after you, though it is used to be Sextilis, now it's August. You did that? That will not last. Another decade. This month will probably be called Tiberius. We write our names in the sand. And then the waves roll in and wash them away. But we can leave things behind us. I am leaving an empire. Why aren't you king? Names, names. They offered Julius Caesar the crown and he refused it. That's reason enough. The Romans are a proud people. They would not permit themselves to be ruled by a king. So I call myself imperator, commander, and they followed me and obeyed me as they would a king. People fascinate me, Lysias. It is within my power to give them back a republic. I almost did twice when I was scared and weak. And it is within their power to take back all power from me, but they will not. Humanity. They follow leaders, queens, or kings, chief, or empress. They tell them what to do and they do it we know no more then they but still they follow us blindly as people lost in the catacomb would follow a child carrying a flaming torch and what do you follow them you leaders to make us follow you and obey you you follow our dreams you here five verses thank you sir it's very generous of you. Once I was a slave, but I was freed in my master's will, and I took what I had saved and became a wine seller. The gods smiled upon me, and now I own two ships and fifty slaves of my own. We know not what tomorrow brings, but for the hymn of the goddess Fortuna, I myself might be sitting 
in the marketplace begging for copper assets. No man knows the future. It behooves us all to walk with care. I know the future of some of it. From dreams? No, from books. When Marcus Lepidus died, I took the office of a chief priest. I ordered brought to me all the volumes of prophecy. I read them all. Then I ordered two thousand of them burned. The ones I left I edited and had recopied. The prophecies were obscure, but not that obscure. There are two futures, you see. Two ways that it can go. In one future, the Romans sputter and flare like Greek fire. Later, a few hundred years, and then are gone. Eaten from outside by barbarians, from inside by strange gods. In the other future, the whole world becomes a province of our empire. The eagle standard will be carried through lands we have barely named off and dreamed of. There are nations beyond the sunset where we will rule golden ziggurats and nations to the south where diamonds lie like robin's eggs upon the ground. It will be a fine world, a great and glorious world, and that empire will last for 10,000 years for more. The prophecies were quite clear on that. They were clear on what I had to do. So let me get this straight. There are two futures, and you picked one of them from the prophecies and destroyed the others. Yes, yes I did. Caesar knew late at night he would talk to me. In Spain, tell me about his dream. He was a big man, and his dream for Rome were big. Are you scared of me? Scared of you, Lord? Don't call me that. When I first summoned you, told you what I needed today, that I would be spending a day disguised as a beggar, that you would be by my side. Weren't you scared? No cares. I am an old man, but you should fear me, not because I am fast, and I am fast, and not because I am strong, and I am strong. But because I gave the word tonight, I, you, would disappear, and no one would even dare to mention that you had ever existed. And no one would dare complain, because the alternative to me is chaos. All right, I'm scared of you, but I still want to know, why are you begging in the market? Because... Because I had a dream. Late one night I awoke as I have woken a night many times in the past and many years ago. And I called for a storyteller. The man who came was new to me. You tell me a story. A story, Octavian? Very well. There was a child who loved and respected his uncle. And who feared the gods? His uncle was a great general. 
The boy counted the days until he would be old enough to ride out to follow his uncle to war. When he was 16 and in his own eyes already a mar, the boy set off to be with his uncle to learn the art of conquest. And then on his first night, his uncle came weak from illness and excitement. The boy lay in his tent, but something bad happened to him that night. No, how dare you? Who are you? I'm here to tell you a story, Chaos Octavius, because you wake every night screaming, You're a god? I'm no god. I am here as a favor to God. A favor? All gods begin in my realm. Here's Octavius. They walk your world for a span. And when they are old, they return to my world to die. This is a dream. Of course. Of course it's a dream, Octavius. Who are you? When I was a man, I was Aristemus. Of Marmora, but that was seven years ago. The poet who became Apollo's ravens. Then you are Apollo. I pray you be not Apollo of torment, but Apollo of something, something gentler aspects. I am not Apollo. I am no sun god, but poets and dreamers are my people. And it is not unheard of for us to be confused. I am no little Roman dream god. No god of rhyme and madness. I am myself. What will you do? What do you want with me, lord? There is a way out of your dilemma, Octavius. My dilemma? Indeed, I do not know the, to do this for you. Little Emperor, I do it for another who has asked me to intercede on your behalf. The Divine Julius Terminus, he who walks the boundaries, he requested that I counsel away out of your difficulty. Do they then the gods? Terminus knew. You labor under a heavy burden while you are emperor of Rome. The gods of Rome watch you and you fear the gods, don't you? Yes, but you have plans against us. Plans you do not wish the gods of Rome to know. So for a day in every year, do not be emperor. What? But how? Be a beggar, Augustus. Go to the marketplace and beg for copper. Plan your course on that day when the gods will not be watching. And then, and then I woke. I don't understand. Some man in your dream told you to come and beg in the marketplace because the gods can see you thinking. I believe what was, that was what he was telling me, yes. You have been with me here today. What, think? Yes. I don't understand. Which god are you so afraid of? 
the divine Julius. My life has been spent following the path he laid out for me. He groomed me for this. He knew of the prophecies. He knew what Rome could become. And he told me step by step what I had to do. I how I could amass enough personal power to do whatever I needed. Look around you, Alicia's prosperity, peace, stable government, enough rain to fill every belly in the empire. I have done everything he wanted. He, I have done everything. So, what have you decided then? It is a matter of boundaries. Observe our empire. My empire is based on military conquest. As long as new countries are being conquered, as long as the legions have new territories to conquer, then Rome will live. So, Terminus is the only god to whom Jupiter must bow. Goodbye, dwarf. We will never speak to each other again. You will not tell anyone of this day or of our talk. Keep the coins. Goodbye, Augustus Caesar. Hail Caesar! I'm going to sleep. Get a storyteller ready. Yes, Caesar! So today I was the actor. Or perhaps today I did not have to act. The boy is 16. He sleeps in his own tent. He is tired. He is ill. His uncle come to his tent in his darkness. His uncle is a great man. The boy is taken brutally, harshly there in the night. He offers no resistance. His uncle is pleased with him. Do what I say and I will adopt you as my son. Do what I say and you will rule when I am gone. Do what I say, and the world will be yours. The boy does what he is told. He lies awake in the darkness, night of the night, waiting for his uncle, waiting for the pain. And he never cried. That, then, is a true account of the day I spent with the Emperor Rome, in the month that still bears his name. He passed him in the market two years later. Today I tossed him a cup and he smiled at me. I am an old man now and Augustus Caesar has been dead for almost 50 years. But since that I have wondered, turning the question over and over in my mind, what could he have been afraid of and what was he trying to do? Perhaps I understand what he was trying to tell me better now in the dim light of hindsight. Augustus will set the bounds of the empire, forbid any further expansion. And in his will, Augustus also appointed Tiberius as his successor, our divine ruler, have.
since then been successfully evil mad foolish and now all three perhaps he achieved his goal perhaps not but still i persist in wondering what was Augustus afraid of why did he wake in the night screaming why was he angry why was he scared i do not know his secret and augustus has taken him taken it taken it with him him to the olympus the gods abidement or to the grave to his holy real holy grave